You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Thursday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Allison Renborg, back home in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And you are listening to the monthly Equine Affair episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 18th, episode 3186. This episode is brought to you by Equine Affair. Good morning, horse world. It's the third Thursday of the month. That means it's time for the Equine Affair episode, North America's premier equine expo and equestrian gathering. Well, good morning, everybody. Everyday listeners will know that I'm not really here. Uh, But we did record this in advance so that you would have a show, a brand new episode for you about Equine Affair. And it's our first time that Alice and I have gotten to speak since we were together at Equine Affair. So it's we had, you know, we had a good time. I know I got sick halfway through, but I did have a good time. I must have met 150 listeners. There was, there was a lot of listeners there. So we were very popular. <laughs> that was that was nice and we got to do a meet up there downtown and have a wonderful dinner and cake and all kinds of stuff. So I I had a I had a blast that you know when I wasn't sick and in bed, I had a blast. Uh, it was, <laughs> and I apologize for that. It was that was kind of unfortunate. But then you then I gave yeah. it to you after. So uh Yeah, yeah. uh Basically, a week after I got home, it hit me like a freight train, and I have been recovering ever since. So, like, I'm on week three now, and you guys can probably still hear I'm a little gravelly, but I'm, I'm just happy to be alive. I'm on week five, <laughs> and I'm four or five, and I'm still fighting this Don't. thing. And this thing is the never ending flu or cold or whatever it is. It just never Don't ends. Tell me that. <laughs> and but I know a lot of our listeners have had it too. But uh, then there's people like my husband who got it, and he is already almost back to normal after one week. Yeah, we hate those people. Uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Don't like those <laughs> so, and I hear kids I in the him, background, right? <laughs> yes, my daughter is screaming in the next room. I don't know Sorry. that we've ever talked about the fact that you even have one. How old is she? We have talked about her. Uh, she is going to be two at the end two. of August. Okay, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, so she's so, she, she's a young one. She's tiny and very angry, apparently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I heard that. It was, Sorry. It was kind of funny, actually. Because uh, you're dealing with it, not me. That's what made it funny. Right. Yeah. Well, my mom is dealing with it. I'm in here with you. So <laughs> So, how did you guys think it went? How did uh, management think it went? I, there was a lot of people there. Oh, it went great. I think we were all really happy. We just actually had our post-production meeting, which I like to call our... Uh, our post-mortem um, about the whole thing. Uh, just last week, we had to put it off because I've been sick. Um, and I, we were really happy. It went great. Everybody was really happy to be there. Um, lots of facets went super, super well. The adoption affair, which we're going to talk about, was just like a smashing success. Um, everything was good. We felt good about it. And I got home, and before the freight train hit me, Um, I was on a high, man. I felt so good the week I got home. I was really excited. You know, like when everything goes well and you just feel good about everything. And then I got sick. So that's your fault, Glenn. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know, I thought we did some good shows from there, too. We had a lot of terrific guests. We had a lot of guests. I mean, we probably had 25 guests guests between the three shows. Uh, And that was... 
that was way more fun. It's way more fun to do it with you there in person. I mean, I, I love doing I just, live events. I do. Yeah. I, you know, even, you know, people walking by and see and stuff, but just seeing your mm-hmm. guests in person. I mean, it's something we don't yeah. get to do too often. And the yeah. atmosphere, and it's just, it's just fun. Um, and, I, you know, I think we pulled it off, so good job. Yeah, good job to you. And, you know, I'll just plan on flying down to Florida once a month to there do a go. show with you. Yeah, we, we can arrange <laughs> to do it at the World Equestrian Center. I think you'd like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, do you guys start immediate planning for Massachusetts in November? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we've been frantically wrapping up stuff for Ohio, uh, like the raffle. You know, I got an, I had to dive right into that and notifying all our winners and getting prizes shipped off. Yay. Um, and just a few wrapping a few things up. But then we were immediately thinking, okay, Massachusetts time. Um, so I know that Kogi's already working on our clinician lineup, uh, getting that solidified so that we can put out information about Ride with a Pro in Massachusetts uh, in a I don't know, a matter of weeks, probably a couple months um, soon. Am I right? Is that a bigger show than Ohio? I I think it's about the same. It might be a little bit bigger. It's more, a little more spread out, I think. That's in terms big, of yeah, the buildings. You, so, so let's for people who mark their calendars. It's November 9th through the twelfth. It's at the Eastern States Expo in West Springfield. Yes. And I've been, we did. Uh, I've been there for Equine Affair, but I was also there for the World Percheron Congress years ago. Ooh, and that sounds fun. You needed a place that was spread out for a thousand percherons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the big ponies. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun though. I mean, we had a good time there, and it is spread out though. It's a big place. It's beautiful. I love the like. Uh, it's the first equine affair I went to was in mass. And so it sort of, I sort of have a soft spot for it. And then when I went back as a full-time staff member this past year, I was like, oh man, this is, I love this place. So. Well, and it's got a different feel because it is coming into Christmas time. So mm-hmm. it has the feel that people are there buying Christmas presents, right? They're there, they're there partly because of Christmas. Um, and there are Christmas trees. And then there's this big bridge that you drive into sp- downtown Springfield over and they usually are putting up the Christmas lights on it while we're there. So that's really fun. Yeah. I, you know, it just has a feel. It, it definitely has a feel. And it's chilly, right? So you're getting yeah. ready for Christmas uh, when you're there. Uh, you know, it, uh, there are so, such fun events, and there's so much going on. And there were so many horses at this one in Ohio. Mm-hmm. That's what impressed me. I went to the barns. And I think you could walk around there for an hour. <laughs> I mean, just you could. not see all the yeah. horses. Yeah, I had like five minutes one day where I got to be by myself, not necessarily working. And I went out to the barn because I needed to smell some horses. And uh, I met the Arabians and who else did I meet? Uh, oh, it's gone right out of my head. I met two Arabians. They were adorable. They were snuggly. They were sweet. Um, and I got to talk to the Arabian people and they didn't necessarily know I was staff. So they're like giving me the spiel and I'm like, oh, this is how it feels to be at my show, not being part of the show. And it's great. You know, <laughs> I wanted the corner guy McLean to say hi to. I never saw him. I mean, I just never oh. caught up with him. Uh, I saw him maybe once or twice, and I was usually running in the opposite direction, not not on purpose. You know? 
it was just the way it is. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me and for having me up. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being there. It made me happy to see you, even though you made me sick. (laughs) You (laughs) make me sick. Let's try and not get sick the next day. So November (laughs) 9th through the 12th, that's going to be Massachusetts. Now, I will Mm -hmm. unfortunately not be at that one because that is also the time that we're planning. We're planning on doing Radiothon this year. So we need that whole month to prepare for Radiothon. So that's why I don't do anything in November travel-wise because it's – and the 9th through the 12th, we do it uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So – it, we're within two weeks of that, and I will yeah, just I'll have my head down. Uh, yeah. But I wish you all the best for that one, and we're obviously going to continue doing shows right up to that, and we'll meet oh, we'll yeah. meet a bunch of clinicians and all of that. But today is a wrap up of what happened at at Ohio, and we're having two three guests on actually. Tell us about our guests that we're having on today. Yeah, so our first guest is Kaylin Caldwell. She's the program director for the ASPCA Right Horse Program, and we were lucky enough to partner with them to put on the adoption affair. Um, So if you were at Equine Affair and you went to the barns, I am sure you saw just like a sea of orange shirts. And the orange shirts were the ASPCA right horse people. And they were there connecting adoptable horses with eager adopters. And it was an awesome show. And then later on in the show. Yep. And then we will have this really cool grandma-granddaughter duo, Sally Durbin and Reese Wolhiter. They were the winners of the 2023 Ohio International Liberty Horse Association Freestyle Invitational Competition with their two Pony of the Americas, Lily and Maggie. Very good. Well, let's get let's go right to Kaylin and find out how they did at the adoption event. Hi, Kaylin. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me here today. I am so glad that you joined us. This is, I've been really excited about this interview. So let's talk about some ponies. (laughs) So uh, you were with the Right Horse Program, with ASPCA Right Horse Program, right? Correct, yes. So tell me, tell us a little bit about what that is and, and then how it's connected to the adoption affair at Equine Affair. Yeah, that's a great question. So the ASPCA Right Horse Program is a collaborative network of industry partners and adoption groups that are coming together to massively increase horse adoption. The program was formed uh, 2017 with a group of stakeholders that realized we needed this moment for horses where people understood, supported, and accepted equine adoption because that really hadn't happened um, as it had for dog and cat. So mm-hmm. we, as I said, it's just a network. We bring together partners um, from all over the industry, nonprofits, pharmaceutical companies, media companies, all these groups that just genuinely want to help horses and see adoption as an avenue to do that. And then connect them with all these amazing shelters and rescues that we call our adoption partners. So all these groups come together collaboratively to figure out new ways to get horses into adoptive homes, both by marketing and telling people about the amazing horses that are looking for an adoptive home, as well as developing new programs and partnerships that get horses um, into a wonderful next next life. So um, that's kind of how the program works at a high level. And Equine Affair is really an embodiment of that. We had nine different partners, 10 if you include the ASPCA, because we had some of our horses there as well, come together for this amazing event. They brought 37 different horses. Um, and the goal was really twofold. One was to find those horses that were on-site homes, which was very successful. And then the second piece was to introduce people to equine adoption, because we knew 
we know many people are not familiar with the idea of bringing a horse home from an adoption organization and getting them excited, letting them meet the horses um, and become part of this really just large celebration of these horses transitioning into their next steps in life um, was such a powerful moment, both in terms of education and getting people um, excited to look to adopt in the future. Well, and it's really life-changing for the horse and for the person. And, you know, listening to you talk about it, it makes total sense to me that we would transition that whole concept of adopting a dog or cat to adopting a horse because we have lots of horses in need. Uh, that's an understatement of the year, right? I can see, um, I can see it now. We can <laughs> with 10 horses in the PetSmart aisle waiting for a <laughs> Oh, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to Dover. We just bring him right inside. <laughs> well, that's what we had at Equine. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> And you adopted, how, in line. you adopted how many, Kaylin, there? 21 horses were adopted on site. Um, wow. And then I would say almost every single horse had pending adoption interests. And then the really neat thing is just how packed the barns were, how much excitement interests mm-hmm. were was generated. There were a lot of horses that were adopted that weren't on site. The adoption groups, once they had found homes for the horses that were at the event, um, then they were able to start talking about these other horses that were back in their barn. So um, we've heard anecdotally from partners that they've had just great interest and there's been follow-up adoptions happening um, as a result of the event. That's so awesome because that's the thing is the supply is, I mean, is never ending, right? I mean, we've, we're constantly hearing about horses in need of homes and especially with the economy and all that stuff. So like, it makes total sense. You adopt out what you have. Don't worry. We've got plenty more back home. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And, you know, the great part for adopters is they could come talk to different organizations um, and maybe their right horse wasn't there in that barn aisle that day, but they were able to make the connections and, you know, whether they were looking for an off-the-track thoroughbred as a retraining project or Mm -hmm. an older companion, um, there was undoubtedly that horse, you know, at one of our partner's facilities if it wasn't in the barn during the adoption affair. So um, that was a really great way to help horses beyond just the horses that were impacted by being at the event. I wonder, do you have a sense from... Were you, you were there, right? Do, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have she a, was. Do you have a <laughs> sense how many people came looking to adopt a horse as opposed to people that were just there and it's like the candy at the checkout aisle. They went, oh, I really need to take that one <laughs> no. home. Do you have an idea of which, which it was or a little both? I think it was a little bit of both. Um, one of the things we're so grateful for Equine Affair is got the word out about the adoption barn and we certainly talked about it a lot. So there was a lot of interest. We had several people come up and said they specifically come to meet the horses, but then there were quite a few people that were walking around the breed barn, um, saw the orange, saw the horses and the excitement and, uh, got swept in. And one of actually, one of my favorite stories from the event was a family that had come to equine affair with their horse, crazy little girl. And, uh, she really wanted to go see the horses in the breeds barn and ended up walking through the adoption aisle. And just from the minute she locked eyes on a miniature pony, um, there was a match. The parents both said that it was just, you know, the connection was there instantly. And uh, so they had to decide over a day if they were ready to bring home a pony and um, their daughter caught wind of it. And so she was eagerly coaching them along (laughs) towards a yes. But then uh, when they told her that the adoption was, going to go through and that they were able to take this pony home um she was in the stall bawling saying it was the best day of her life so no it was a very heartwarming moment um and then there was a lot of shopping that ensued to outfit the new pony for her for her journey home and of course um, (laughs) of course you know 
had to be the most fashionable pony around and um, uh, they've been providing some happy updates that they're just doing great together. Everybody in the barn loves this pony and they have their eyes set on the highly competitive costume division at their upcoming show. So, Oh my gosh, that's the best thing ever. <laughs> See, I'm America's horse I'm husband and I think about all the horse husbands that were at home at their wives brought a horse home and tried to sneak it into the herd. Uh, and I just wonder how many of those horse husbands noticed. I, I you know, I, I have to think about that. Well, we've also well, got horses for them too. So, Yeah. Well, it's like that meme uh, that goes around on Facebook pretty regularly. It's like, uh, you should just buy more of the same color. So your husband right. doesn't notice. That's right. Yeah. You can't get spotted horses or paint horses and then slip them in unless you have all paints. Right. right. Yeah. They've got to blend in. That's right. <laughs> are there any other cool stories from Galen? From what? Like that one? There are some pretty impactful stories. We had on the very first day um, three very special senior horses that had uh, been relinquished together by their owner. It was a very uh, emotional decision, but, you know, these horses were looking for their next step in life in a new home and. Uh, one of the horses was adopted by another little girl that just absolutely fell in love with this horse and had this strong connection um, and know they're thriving together. And then the other two horses were adopted on the same day together by a family who um, had a daughter who had recently lost her horses, her part horse. Um, And so we've already heard an update that these two senior horses that were both in their late twenties looking for a home where they could be a companion um, are now in acres of rolling grass hills um, and have been uh, already break- changing this little girl's life and bringing that joy of horses back to her after oh, losing her best friend. They went friend, to horsey so. heaven there. I know, they really did. And <laughs> so that was a, a very special and emotional moment in the adoption barn. Uh, but we had so many times throughout the weekend, every time an adoption took place, we rang a bell and the whole aisle parted to watch this horse walk to their their next chapter and their new person. Um, and that bell just kept ringing in every single time it rang. There was an incredible moment and a promise of a really great story and a bright future for that horse. So um, lots of exciting moments from the adoption affair. Okay, guys, needless to say, you have to do this again at every equine affair, right? I mean, <laughs> geez. <laughs> We're already looking forward to Massachusetts. Good. And I know our partner, um, our partners who were there just said this was such a powerful moment. It was a way that they've never gotten to connect with the public before and talk about adoption, just seeing the excitement and the interest that there was in both adopting these horses, celebrating these horses as they were going into new homes and getting involved with the equine adoption and welfare work um, was something we'd never seen before. It was unprecedented and a huge success. So I think um, both on the side of uh, looking forward to meeting potential adopters, but also our partners that have these horses, we could not be more excited for the next one. Allison, remember the lady we talked to at at Equine Affair on one of the episodes from West Virginia, and she had a hackney pony. I wonder if that hackney mm-hmm. pony ever found a home. Uh, was it with West Virginia, or was it with... It was in West Virginia. I remember she was in West Virginia, and I just wonder if they, they ever found a home. I'll have to check back with her and find out. He was adorable. I can he did. He did? Oh, Yay! Yay! For him. Good. Yay! I have a hackney pony. Um, That's why I'm partial to him. So, yes. Good. I'm glad he found a home. He was cute. I saw him in person, and he was adorable, and he had the biggest eyes. Um, and, and I just wanted to add, you were talking about how positive the energy was back there. I got to go back to the barns like a handful of, a very small handful of times because I was running around like a crazy thing. But um, both times that I went to the barn, I went to the adoption affair stalls, and the energy was just incredible. 
And it was so positive and so happy. And I was just thinking those horses have got to like uh, experiencing it from their side. It's got to be kind of scary. You know, you go to this strange place and all these people and all these horses, but then, you you know, their life changes and then they go on to a very happy place. And you just kind of think that's got to be a crazy experience for them, too, but also so positive. Yeah, like you said, I I'm sh- think they felt it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there were just so many people that were there to love them and celebrate them. Um, yeah. So there's no doubt. And they, they got a lot of great exposure. <laughs> they met so many people in the course of a couple of days. So um, great experience for them as they, you know, continue their journeys into their next home and continue their training. Yeah, All right, so, so I'd like to ask a question if I can. Is there one mm-hmm. at your barn right now where you are that you you would that would be, make the perfect home for somebody that you want to mention? An adoptable horse? Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, since we were talking about West Virginia Horse Network, um they've got a variety of special horses available for adoption. Um but they have a horse named Lillian who uh recently completed a photo shoot dressed up as a unicorn. Um, and she's pretty much a real life unicorn. She's looking for a companion home. She has uh, one eye, but just as a sweet, trainable, thoughtful horse. Um, and she's pulled, I think at my heartstrings, <laughs> many others. Um, and so I would gladly uh, uh, make a space in my pasture, but I think there's someone out there who is waiting to meet their right horse and that right horse is Lillian. And that's the West Virginia Horse Network? Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. So they can find that there. Well, that's good. That's terrific. Yeah. But Lillian is one of many. We have uh, MyRightHorse.org is our adoptable horse listing platform where all of our partners list their available horses. So those that were at Equine Affair, those that were maybe a little too far away to bring horses to Equine Affair. Um, but there's hundreds of horses listed nationwide, everything from recently retired thoroughbreds that are eligible for the thoroughbred makeover to ponies to you know, retired companion horses and everything in between. So um, wherever you are, there's a right horse near you. Awesome. And what a great name too. I, every time you say right horse, I'm like, it's so perfect. Um, so that what was all about. It is. And so that was myrighthorse.org, right? Yes. Yes. Awesome. And then how can people, uh, so is that going to tell them, it'll tell them about all the horses out there, but then is there anywhere else that they should go to learn more about what you guys are doing or about the program? Yes. Um, My Right Horse is such a great, great resource. It's where all of our partners come together. And again, it's just kind of an embodiment of what this program is all about, which is bringing groups together to get horses into homes. But then for a little bit more background information, we have ASPCARightHorse.org, which is our website that gives a little bit more information about the different programs and opportunities we have available, both in terms of partnership and for those who maybe aren't ready to adopt a horse or are not looking to bring a horse home right now, but want to make the difference in the lives of adoptable horses. Um, So there's some action items there. And then, of course, uh, sharing adoptable horses from MyRightHorse.org is another great way for people to get involved and bring visibility to these amazing animals. And you guys also have a Facebook where you post those horses too, right? Yes, yes, correct. Um, we have both Facebook and Instagram, and that's where we post adoptable horses, talk about adoption, showcase the different programs our partners have, um, and really try to get people excited and engaged in this national conversation that's happening around adoption. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing. I am super happy that it was such a successful adoption affair and that there are so many happy horses and people out there right now because of the work you guys are doing. Well, and we're so thankful that Equine Affair had us and was able to host this event. It just is truly uh, an incredible opportunity to bring awareness of adoption to this audience and also find incredible homes for a very special group of horses. So um, we're already looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. Massachusetts, it's it's not that far away. So And it's Christmas <laughs> time. Down our calendar. So it's Christmas time, you know. Good yeah. gift idea right there. <laughs> and you can buy all the stuff with it at the same time. It's perfect. It's perfect. You can That's give right. you a ribbon and a bow. That's right. <laughs> Kaylin, thanks a bunch and good work. Well, I hope they have as big success in Massachusetts as they did in Ohio. I just that's so exciting for them. And it's so exciting for the ponies who get new homes. Bluegrass Animal Products Equiotic is a live daily probiotic supplement for your horse. Equiotic is the only probiotic sourced from horses' good gut bacteria. This allows the good gut bacteria to survive in the GI tract. Veterinarian developed and recommended, Equiotic is trusted by horse professionals to keep their horses feeling the best. From the top competition horse to the backyard companion, Equiotic can help to keep your horse's sensitive GI tract feeling good. To learn more and order Equiotic today, go to bluegrassanimalproducts.com and use the coupon code HRN for 15% off Equiotic packets and paste. Equiotic is also available at many retailers, including SmartPak and Chewy, but the coupon HRN is only available at bluegrassanimalproducts.com. If you want to exhibit at Equine Affair in, in Massachusetts, is it too late? Is there still time to be in the trade show or the breed pavilion or whatever? There is. It's perfect timing. There's still plenty of time. Um, if you want to exhibit, you know, whether you own a business and you have products that you love or a farm or you just want to show off your horses, um, we have a lot of options available. Uh, so one, you can exhibit in the trade show. Of course, um, we have trade show floor like regular booths and then we have bulk spaces um if you want to be in the breed pavilion let's say that you own a really special breed of horse or i won't say not special but like you know uh common the more common breeds we need them there too so any breed of horse if you own one and you have an exceptional example and you want to show them off we would encourage you to uh exhibit in the breed pavilion because you want to show off your breed and show off your horses to all the people who love them. Um, and then we also have the horse and farm exhibits. So if you've got a farm or a breeding stallion or a horsey business that you want to show off, um, please do that. And, and the best way to figure out how to do all that is to go to our website at equineaffair.com and click on the Massachusetts event and then exhibit. And it's just sort of a, perfect roadmap to how you can get involved and help us make Equine Affair truly great. One of the cool things that happens at every show, and, and equine, especially Equine Affair, is the cool stories that come out of the competitions. And we had a story come out of the Freestyle Invitational. Tell us about our guests coming up. Yeah, so our guests are Sally Durbin and Reese Wolhitter. They are a grandma-granddaughter duo. And they, uh, well, Reese had a goal to ride backwards bareback and bridalists and she talked her grandma into doing it too and so you're going to hear all about that really cool story next that's a cool grandma right <laughs> she's a cool grandma <laughs> well hi sally and reese welcome to the show thank you thank you 
Yeah, I'm so excited to have you guys on. I wanted to interview you both or one of you or both of you at Equine Affair, and I just couldn't get the connection to happen. It was such a crazy weekend. And so I was really excited when you guys agreed to come on the show and talk to me and Glenn now. So thanks again for doing this. Um, let's kind of start off. You two, uh, well, tell me. Tell me what you won at Equine Affair, Sally. Can you kind of give us the introduction? Why are you guys on the show today? Um, we're on the show. The International Liberty Horse Association um, has hosted at Equine Affair, both in Massachusetts and Ohio, uh, these invitation-only competitions. Mm -hmm. And this competition in particular was a team's competition, which had never been done before. Um, so it meant, you know, two different rider handlers coming together with their horses and competing together, which at Liberty is, I guess, another level up because mm -hmm. you're combining a couple different factors. And when you're at Liberty, you kind of have to um, always be prepared to change things and, and make amends. But it was a competition that, number one, reason I entered and just felt honored to be there Um so uh, both of you have to do a compulsory and a freestyle. So the freestyle is together and the compulsory is on its own. So those components all compiled together, of course, um, add up. And I guess it was a challenge we signed up for and we're pretty excited to do. And we know Dan and Elizabeth um, and felt honored to be a part of it. So, yeah. <laughs> and you won. Yeah, you, we were. You were a champion. We kind of still are like pinching ourselves about that. <laughs> yeah. So you were the champions of the ILHA Freestyle Invitational at the 23 Ohio Equine Affair. I think that is awesome. Uh, great job and congratulations. Tell me about your ponies. So, Sally, why don't you start off? Tell us about uh, the two horses that you guys uh well, you didn't, I guess you did ride, but that you handled, that you rode in the competition. Yeah. Tell us the story about your horses. Um, yeah. So, um, yes, I'm a grandma and, uh, and having ponies with the grandchildren um, has always been something that, you know, we've enjoyed for years and we got into Liberty and a lot of my grandkids do Liberty and are learning Liberty and that's kind of going down the pathway and, I think we just wanted to teach all our ponies this and Reese is the oldest um, and picked up on Liberty and these two ponies came to us. One was pretty much what you'd say train and riding and Huntsy and Western um, and Maggie, the pony I show was not trained at all and had some kind of history behind her. So I'm doing a lot of that thing. Um, Liberty helped her a lot in building her confidence, building my confidence, building the kids' confidence. And that's kind of, you know, the pathway we've got. But we do show them English and Western um, trail class, you know, kind of the all-around thing. And uh, just kind of brought that to Liberty together. And they are half-sisters, which we didn't even know when we bought them. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it kind of was a funny discovery. <laughs> so that, like, it really is a family affair. Out. Yeah, yeah, it's it has been a family affair. So, um, I, I guess the big experience I can say is kind of a, a, a pun, a, a ad, maybe I don't know what you want to call it for Liberty is any age, any discipline, any breed of horse, 
Um, and that's what is kind of special about the group. Um, we have professional trainers, we have youth, we have seniors, we have non-pros and, um, we all have learned together and enjoy it. So we call it a competition, but we kind of like, we hate to take points because we all enjoy doing it together. So it's really been fun. And it was really fun for me because I always kind of wanted to do this as a team competition, um, because of the challenge and just working with the family. So, yeah, that's kind of a nutshell of, of what we've done with the horses. And Reese, what's it like to get to do all this cool stuff with your grandma? Uh, so I come up and ride about uh, once, twice, three times a week. And uh, so my horse, um, Lily, she didn't know Liberty at all. And so I actually showed my grandma's horse at the first Liberty competition. And then uh, I took on uh, Lily. And so, um, you know, there's been some ups and some downs, but it's, it's been pretty cool. To work with her. Well, and it's so unusual. I, uh, so let me, let me start over. My grandmothers were um, not horse people. So I was uh, the only horse person in my family. And so I did not get that awesome experience that you get of getting to ride with your grandma. I just think that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And then, um, so you guys ride Pony of the Americas, right? Uh, Sally, tell us about that breed. What What's special about the Pony of the Americas? And Pony America was... was um, Burst, I guess, in the U.S. started uh, back in the 60s. I can't, don't quote me on the year, but it was a cross between the Appaloosa, a Shetland pony, a little bitty Arabian, and some quarter horse. Um, and then they created the breed, and the breed has to meet characteristics, has to be a pony, so it cannot be any taller than 56 inches is the max. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do have requirements, so when you show them, they have Pony of America shows. And they get a permanent height card at five years. So every show you go to, they measure and you, you know, you show by heights and the color requirements. So they do have to show the Appaloosa color. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all that's put together. Um, but it's a nice all around breed. It's great for kids. They're, they're and I'm short <laughs> if you don't know that, but <laughs> on the phone, you gotta tell. So nope. I like the size. I like the size and I've always had quarter horses. Um, so they're kind of like a mini quarter horse with color. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always been fascinated with the Appaloosa breed. Um, my sister did go to school in Idaho, so I went to the the actual Appaloosa Museum um, and kind of got hooked on Pony of Americans from there, um, just through exposure of different people I've run into. So that was kind of my little thing on, I really love the breed and they're versatile and they've been great for us doing multiple different things. And uh, that's kind of where we ended up with so many of them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I learned to, I think I I shared this with you before we got started, but I learned to ride on a pony of the America and they're just Mm -hmm. such cool, handy little horses. Like I think the, the one that I rode was named Sandy and she could do anything like Mm -hmm. we could go jump, we could go trail ride. We could, you know, try English. We just did everything together. She was so handy and she was grumpy, but she, she could do anything. (laughs) I think that's what surprised us so much at the equine affair. Um, we, 
I don't know if we weren't thinking about it, but when we walk out of the barn, we were just bombarded with people. Because, of course, we have two leopard POAs yeah. walking through this mass amount of people. And I saw um, you guys there. Now that, I, now that you say that, I did see you walking around there. We kind of had a crowd. Yeah, yeah, you did. And, and um, I just, I you know, I am... I'm a grandma. I'm not a professional trainer. Now I've shown horses all my life, but mm-hmm. you know, I work a job. I'm a grandma and I was overwhelmed and kind of touched by the people that came out to, to pet and kiss and hug and just like you reliving memories. I had a pony of mm-hmm. America or I always wanted a pony of America. Mm-hmm. I can, my grandchild touch the pony of America. And you know, it was, and they knew there was only one, and we always get this because my pony looks like a Dalmatian. There was only mm-hmm. one person, so they were educated, that asked, is it a Dalmatian pony? <laughs> <But> <laughs> most people there knew it was a pony of America, which was it was fun to hear yeah. that. But it was for me and Reese, we just kind of looked at it. She goes, Grandma, there's just so many people. And I'm like... You know, and it was fun to kind of say, sure, come come over and give her a kiss and give her a hug. And, and they know what the phone is. And, yeah, they'll take their picture. And yeah, <laughs> kind of you, like, were, you were celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah. So it, that was kind of, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of not used to this. So it was, it was fun. And, you know, that's why you do that show is to educate mm-hmm. and have people touch, feel, and see those horses. So, yeah, that was kind of our special little thing. It was like, I just was kind of overwhelmed by how many people uh, followed us around and, you know, came back and said, well, we came back today. See you again. You know, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was, it was fun. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned that um, for the compulsory, you competed individually and then for the freestyle part you were together um right i was hoping could you talk a little bit tell us a little bit about your freestyle yeah um we've kind of always based our freestyles on songs that meant something because you know you're going to listen to it till you know it by heart we we listen to a lot of modern christian music or you know we've done some from some of the uh, musicals. Um, this is me was one that meant a lot to my granddaughter Reese um, from the Showman, and you know, mm-hmm. so songs that mean so songs that mean something because when you're out there, you you kind of want to, I guess, send a message. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess for this one, since it was a a big show in April, and we live up by Michigan, on just about on the Indiana Michigan line. Okay. We did. We wanted to add some special things, but you're getting ready in January, February. So it was like we need to we need to set the basics that we we know and our ponies know, and then throw in some things that come along that you know if we have time, because putting them on a stage like that in a coliseum in the springtime, um, you kind of it kind of gets on your nerves a little. And uh, but we kind of went in for it for fun, and I think we really enjoyed it that way. Um, kind of took the competition to the side, not that it didn't mean anything, but it was more just about being there. Yeah. And so, yeah, we kind of tried to, to dress up a little bit um, like the Amazon people that are in the song. <laughs> he reigns and um, that, you know, any color, any race, um, what the message was. And, and being two, two ponies, we tried to do things in unison and together and apart. Um, 
and we always like to start on the ground and we do like to ride and kind of our little thing that restarted, you can ask her about, she saw Dan James ride backwards and that's mm. always been her goal <laughs> to ride bridleless, bareback and backwards. And so I'm like, okay, you're going to test your grandma and I'll throw this thing when a year ago I had my hip replaced. So, yeah. So my goal for me was to get back on my pony and to lope bareback and I could cheat. I used to bareback pad because I just oh. a little more comfortable on the bareback pad. But That's not cheating. I think exactly. you're, you're allowed to do that with a hip replacement. Okay. And, and ride backwards. Um, so we both pulled it off. We rode bareback, bridalist, and backwards, and um, we had a blast. I love your style. Yeah. I like it. Keep yeah. that up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she, um, she can actually lope backwards, but not has not done it in competition. But, and I did, you know, I was like, it's spring. I get it. So, yeah, she, she inspired me to do that, and I give her a lot of credit. It's uh, not as easy as it looks, <laughs> but it's it's been fun. And, um, We've kind of just started adding more and more because, you know, we, there's all kinds of, in Liberty, there's all kinds of tricks you do with the Spanish walk and the carouseling. And um, so you add those things when you can and and the spinning and some of, the, some of those things like that. And one of ours was to lope in unison um, in a circle and to side pass. And so we reached a lot of our goals. There, there was a couple that we didn't get in there, but you know, you kind of have to choreograph to change as you go when you do stuff like that. So all in all, we were super, super pleased with how the ponies did and handled the crowds. And the, and the compulsory part I think is, um, I love the compulsories, but it's Mm -hmm. very intricate and you know, you have to do a pattern and you can't wing it. So you have to kind of stay on pattern. You're at Liberty and you have a crowd cheering you on. So um, I think it's almost a little more pressure to do those. And then you had to put, you know, you each did a compulsory and your scores combined. So getting two compulsories together at Liberty, uh, you know, I think when we did that, I'm like, I'm done. I don't have to do anymore. I'm, I'm always happy with how they did and how they stayed with us and didn't get distracted with the crowd because it's quite a fair. It's even like some of these competitions, you drop your halter at the gate and you have no warm up ring. Um, some places you go, you have a warm up ring where you can kind of drop the halter, get your horse with you. And at these events, you're going to the gate with the crowd outside and you walk in the gate, drop your halter and go. And I think it just says a lot to all these competitors, you know, to keep your horse with you and stay really focused and connected because it's, it's truly a mental game at that point. So a lot said for all the people doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. So for those of us who aren't lucky enough to have you as our grandma, um, how, how can, how can other people get into Liberty freestyle or Liberty at all? What's the best way for people to get started if they're inspired by what you do? Sure. Sure. Um, there's lots of avenues. Of course, um, Dan and Elizabeth James have double Dan horsemanship and Elizabeth is the founder of the Liberty association. He has online, online, you know, classes that you can join that you can learn the basics. Um, Luke Gingrich is in Ohio and he does Liberty. I think Braveheart, I can't think of her first name. She was actually there He's uh, from the East coast. East yeah. Coast. Kaylee Marie Braveheart. Beast. And yeah. Yep. I think I've seen her from the beginning and talk about grit. She, she started out and she has come so far yeah. and then, and then there's, um, 
versatile. Katie and Elliot Holzman in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's more. And some of these people do have, you know, online versions or CDs or links that you can join. And naturally, that's kind of how we got started because, you know, we couldn't go far away um, to a Liberty Clinic at first, try to get the basics and then, you know, get a clinic close enough to you. And, and oh, Allison Whistler, she's in Indiana. She's down by Muncie. She also teaches Liberty. So there's more and more out there um, coming to the Liberty Association that are teaching and helping people of all ages learn. So, you know, I think reach out. These people are glad to help you and excited to help you. So, hey, they they did it for us. They can do it for others. Yeah, yeah that's a great testimonial. They did it for us. They can do it for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's and, good. you know, it's just it's just the willingness to to start um, and take that journey. And uh, and it's really fun. And even if you don't show, it's super fun to go out with your horse and do some of this stuff and leave the holder at, at the gate, you know. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, congratulations again to both of you for such an amazing championship win. I mean, how can you top that? Yeah, right now. Yeah, just do it again. As Elizabeth said, you rip the Band-Aid off and you go out and try it. And I think that's a true statement. Um, You know, to do these things, you set goals and then you have to step foot out and and try your hand at it. And it speaks a lot for the people that are out there helping you. So, yeah. Yeah. And and Reese, so you you met your goal of riding backwards, bareback and bridalist. What's your next goal? Um, probably our next goal is either, uh, the carousel, uh, with my grandma or either uh, having my horse sit in a freestyle, just, um, probably coming up with new ideas and tricks and stuff like that. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, guys, for coming on the show. We love talking to you. Well, if you want to stay up to date about everything Equine Affair, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Equine Affair. And of course, by listening to this podcast, you know, our Equine Affair episodes are every third Thursday. As we've probably no doubt established many times, Glenn is here to be funny. I'm here to be awkward. And we're always ready to talk about horses. (laughs) I think we accomplished that today. So our goal, (laughs) we weren't riding backwards, but, you know, it may sound that way. Uh, So we, I wanted to mention, too, to everybody that uh, Jamie and Lisa will have a brand new episode for you tomorrow. So if you have bad ads, get them into Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. If you want to hear all the past episodes of the Equine Affair episode once a month here, go to HorsesInTheMorning.com, scroll down to the middle of the page, click on Equine Affair, and it brings you to all the past episodes. And we'll see you at Equine Affair. (laughs) 